my name's Tina Waldrum. I'm the host of this podcast. This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith. I interview church leaders and congregation members alike to gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus. Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience. Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content. Just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and today I'm speaking with Wes Hone, who is the founder at Kingdom Business Global and Business Greenhouse. We are talking about the fascinating topic of business and sharing Jesus. Welcome to you, Wes. It's great to be with you, Tina. Fantastic to have you along. Little jealous again to be interviewing someone in sunny Queensland as I sit here in Melbourne. But you haven't always been a Queenslander. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so born in a little place called Reading, just outside London. Uh, lived there until I was 14, so the whole family emigrated over. Um, and, you know, it's it's, uh, it's it's a good country. I, I, don't, I couldn't live there permanently back in the UK. It's it's, it's a great place to visit. It's a great place to come from. Um, but uh, I live at the centre of God's universe, which is Queensland. And so I believe that God lives here and he just visits the rest of the world. <laughs> well, I've got to say, I like to holiday in Queensland and I kind of agree with you. I think it, there is something of him living there for sure. <laughs> so, Wes, there's a lot of people in business, but you are extremely qualified to talk about business and sharing Jesus. I mean, is, is it true to say that you've always been entrepreneurial but haven't always followed Jesus? That's a great summary. You know, my earliest memories were entrepreneurial to a degree. Like I still remember, uh, I don't know what age I would have been, possibly five or six. And uh, that was back when checkbooks were a thing. And uh, and my parents would be sitting there, whatever, doing their checkbook. And I would make my own and, and I'd play banker and I'd run around one side of the table to receive the check and then be at this side of the table to just always kind of had that bent. And I just loved everything about business from a very, very young age. I love to study people and I did a quick matrix of, you know, where people go in life and, and what kind of things they choose. And I worked out pretty early that business was going to be for me. Now, it also meant that I didn't particularly pay attention in school uh, because I'd already decided that school didn't matter and I was going to go start a business. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, as I reflect now as somebody who's a believer and I reflect on my time in business before I was a believer, I literally thought that the role of business in my life was to give me everything I wanted. So if I wanted a bigger house, I just built a bigger business. And if I wanted a better car, I just built a bigger business. And then when I came to Christ, my whole world fell apart because I realized that it actually has nothing to do with me. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, I guess all of us look back on our early years and we can see the gifts that God has, has given us. Like it's clear that God wired you this way even before you knew him personally as you do today and he kind of brings it together. So tell us how you did come to faith and then how did that then start to outplay in your mind of how you would outwork business and, and ultimately you start to share Jesus through business? So I grew up in London. I came to Australia at 14. I went back to London at 19. 
after I kind of finished high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I bounced around a little bit. I did, I did three summers in England and I did three summers in Australia because I was a bit greedy. And then I made the, the, you know, the permanent move to come back to Australia um, in about 2003. And then in 2004, I don't come from a family of Christians. As far back as I could see, there hasn't been one. Uh, and I had no idea. You know, so in England, I was taught the Bible in religious education class, but actually we were taught the Quran more than the Bible, funnily enough, um, being an English school. And, and I don't really remember either, if I can be totally honest. Um, I wasn't paying attention in that class either. So I really had no frame of reference, but I was pretty lost uh, at that time in my life. You know, I had had some measure of success, you know, wildly unfulfilling and was just looking, but I had no idea what I was looking for. And it wasn't actively looking. I was just a little bit empty, I guess you would say, in reflection. I wouldn't have said that at the time, but it's, it's on reflection that I can see that there was, a, there, was a, there was a hole in my life and I wanted to fill it. And I was filling it with a bunch of things that weren't really filling it. And so anyway, one particular day, this young girl says to me, looks me in the eye and says, you should come to church. Was, that's all she said. And I said, okay, I'll be there. That was my response. It was all done in four-seventh of a second. Okay, I'll be there. So we agreed to meet at this particular church on Sunday for their evening service. And I said to her, I'll meet you at the front. I'm not going in on my own. And, uh, and so we did. We, on this Sunday evening, we met in the car park. And I, I remember it as clear as day. She says to me, is everything okay? And I literally went back in my mind to think about, okay, well, what, what's one thing I know about the Christian faith? And, and I literally said to this girl, you do crazy things with goats, right? Because the only thing I could ever remember was sacrifice from any reading that I had ever done ever in my life, right? And so she looks at me and says, you'll be fine. And so we walk inside this church and it was a uniting church, bless them. The second after I crossed the threshold, I just fell in love with whatever this thing was. It was no words. And I sat at the back of church and I had my game face on. I was too cool for school, but inside I was falling apart. And then church finished and, uh, and, I, and I went home and I couldn't sleep or eat for the next 168 hours. I just wanted to be back to church. Went back the next week, still had my game face on, too cool for school, sat at the back. But this God you're talking about, I absolutely love him. And so I went home that night. See, they didn't do an altar call. I don't know. It was the Uniting Church. So I'm not sure if they've just given up or whatever. But I went home that night. I threw myself down beside my bed and I cried out to the Lord. And I had that snot coming out of everything moment. And I was really repentant. And then I decided that in that moment, I would give up my ways and live for him. Now, that all sounds excellent. So, I, so somebody brought me a Bible. And I would finish work and I would read it every single day. And I got to Leviticus and I started reading about the way God wants us to trade. My world fell apart because I thought everything was just for me. And then I realized that it was nothing to do with me. And I was reading about, you know, the gleaning principle of don't go over the corners of your fields twice and, and, and leave that for the, for the widow and the orphan and the, and the people that can't look after themselves. You know, and I, and I read about what giving looks like and, and, and what tithing could look like. And I read about this whole concept of laying down your life and using your gifts and talents to advance the kingdom and seeking first the kingdom and not my own. And, and that's when I realized, hang on a minute, I better learn how to do business God's way. And all the way through the Bible, doesn't matter which story you look at, the people that got the favor, the favor of God was applied to the people that did it God's way. So I was like, well, if uh, I knew how much I was able to produce in my own strength, because I had been doing that, but I wanted to, I wanted more. And so I thought, okay, well, I've got to go and get some of this favor. So I better learn 
who God is and how he works and how he wants me to do this thing called business. And that's what I did for the rest of time. What an incredible story, very powerful story. And I guess when people come to faith in that type of a, a way, Wes, it's, it's a very black and white um, type of change in your life, it affords you that opportunity to understand what people without Christ are going through and, and also gives you a passion to, I guess, share Jesus then with the world around you. So tell us a little bit about what you do in business and how do you see that? Like as a Christian entrepreneur, how do you even go about wanting to share the, the kingdom of God with others? For me, and everybody might have a slightly different way of doing it, but for me, it's not about having scriptures up everywhere in the business and, you know, having, having, you know, prayer meetings on a Tuesday morning and things like that. I mean, they're all, they're all great initiatives, but I've just chosen to use my gifts and talents in a slightly different way. And that's to scale up a business, right? And today we have three businesses that, you know, that are all profitable and prospering and going well. And they're in, you know, we, we run a, like a business coaching type business advisory business we run a marketing agency where we build out everybody's digital marketing and we have a property development business and the way that i love to do this is i love to i love employing people i don't care what faith persuasion they are and i don't care what social orientation they are if they're the best person for the job then they can help me build this business and in doing so i can get alongside them and walk them through their messy lives and be there for them in the good times and the bad and that's that's my number one motivation. My gifts and talents are to scale up businesses and use businesses and use that as a way of giving people an expression of the kingdom. And of course, naturally, when you view it like that, there are plenty of opportunities to pray with people, saved or unsaved. There's plenty of opportunities to, to get alongside somebody's messy period of time in their life and give them an expression of the kingdom. And you know, nearly every time that the question is, why would you do this? And what makes you unique? And plenty of times will tell me about this God, because that I've never seen this kind of like action before from, from somebody. So now we also have to be profitable, right? This can't just be, you know, so, so we have to find a way of blending winning in the marketplace at the same time as being able to give people an expression of the kingdom. And I guess I would say it can be done. It's not easy and it's not for the faint hearted, but it can be done. And so, for me, you know, we, we run events for mostly Christians. Our, our summits, as we call them, would be 95% Christians that attend. But we do an altar call, and every time there's somebody who wants to give their life to Christ at a, at a Christian event, you know, and I get to walk a journey with those people. So for me, it's just an opportunity to love on God. And, and, and of course, you know, what comes out of having a profitable business is that you can go and fund strategic initiatives, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. But that's second, in my opinion. The role of business is primarily, I believe, scaling up a business so that you can love on people and give people an expression of the kingdom. And second, what you can give away. And I say that because, you know, if you take a church, a church's primary purpose is discipleship and, and nurturing of people. And so business is the same, right? Because if you if you saw business as its primary purpose is to give money away, that would be the same as saying the primary purpose of a church is to buy buildings, which it's not, right? So, so, so that's the way that I do this, you know, walking with people thing. And it does not everyone comes to Christ, you know, but 
but like Paul said, you know, uh, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but it was God that brings forth the fruit. And I'll play a journey in the people's lives that I employ, and I'll just leave the rest up to God as I go. But it gives me an opportunity to love on them and care for them and, and, and treat them well. And they'll never leave second-guessing that I cared for them. And I would like that to be the legacy that we leave. Yes, absolutely. Wes, let's be honest. So let me be honest. I've met Christian businessmen that are, are very different to you or men or women that are in business that are Christian. So I should be careful how I, <laughs> how I say that because some people find that a bit of a bit of bit offensive. But anyway, for the purpose of this discussion, I have met lots of Christians that wouldn't take the track that you're on as a entrepreneur that happens to be a Christian that would then start employing people that are non-Christians. Now, there is an old type of school model that people would employ Christians only. Now, you made the comment and said there are some challenges that go along with taking the road that you've taken. Tell me what those challenges are and how maybe other entrepreneurs, uh, business owners could move forward with where they're even at today in this discussion. Obviously, they don't have a spiritual understanding if, if they're secular. And so, you know, I guess we might be on a slightly different page as we go through this business together. And these are not just reserved for secular people, right? Because you can get Christians that gossip, believe it or not, newsflash, right? But things like gossip, things like, you know, bad language, things like being deceitful, right, to either their, you know, their, their other team members or, or a client or little white liars that we tend to not want to do, they are standard, right, for, for secular people. So I'm not offended by any of that. Right. And, and I will just work with it as it comes up. So if I find somebody who's gossiping, then it'll be, hey, can I have a chat with you in the boardroom? Because that's not what we do around here. That's not our culture. You know, if I have somebody who's being deceitful anyway, it'll be, hey, in the boardroom, listen, that's, that's not the culture that we've built and that's not the business. And, and I can't have that around here. Right. So one element is that's, that's how people will be. And again, they're not reserved for, for secular people. You would hope that if somebody is redeemed, then you have less of that stuff. And that's probably true. So then it comes to what's our response, right? Because there would be a lot of people, and I speak to them all the time, who are fearful possibly of employing people that aren't Christians. Whereas I'm like, well, how are they going to, how are they going to experience Christ? You know, they're not really probably likely to go to church in their life, but they'll get a job somewhere. So for me, it, then it comes down to, okay, well, who's the spiritual authority? It's me. So it's my job to manage that from a spiritual warfare perspective, okay? So remember, if I hire Susie and Susie's not a believer and Susie's gossiping, my wrestle's not against Susie, right? So I'm going to go fight in the spirit over Susie. I'm going to stand the enemy down in the spirit realm. I'm going to pray where Susie sits. I'm going to come in early or stay late after Susie's left and pray. And then I'm going to, I'm going to take that spirit of division. I'm going to cast that out of my business, believing that in 100% of cases, the enemy must flee because greater is in me than he that's in the world, right? So I wouldn't hire secular people if you don't walk in that spiritual authority that you've been given. I, I would only do it if you, uh, if you see yourself as a spiritual authority and you're prepared to exercise your gifts and talents in warfare and use the tools to be able to go fight because then you can kind of keep it all in check. And then you have nothing to fear right? You know, like he's a defeated foe that I'm going to stand down and he'll raise his ugly head and he'll use people and circumstance to do that. But he's a defeated foe. 
Yes, absolutely. Great answers there. And I think just some wonderful things for us to think through and um, particularly as we move forward in the business area. Wes, tell me about the stories in your own companies of what people have noticed about about you and about the distinct Christian culture of the business. Yeah, well, some are covert and some are overt, right? Like um, I had a fellow come to me maybe maybe five or six months ago. And um, we run a pretty open plan office. I, I, I'm in an office, but it's got a massive window that looks over the open plan. So I can kind of see everybody and they can see me. And, uh, and there was this guy called Darren and he was kind of sitting just outside my office. And I just noticed that he kind of shot up out of his seat and knocked on the door and didn't even really wait for me to say yes. He just kind of came in and there was something wrong. He goes, I've just received a message. And, you know, uh, my dad, I think it was like a big stroke and he's, in a coma or something. I can't remember all of the details. And and he's like, you know, is it okay if I if I get out of here early? I'm like, you can leave in about 30 seconds, but I'm going to pray with you right now for your dad before you go. Now, this guy has literally sat there in our meetings and said, I'm a full atheist and I don't believe in this God that you serve. I'm like, well, I don't care. Just because you don't believe in him doesn't make him not real. So I'm going to pray. So and anyway, of course, in that moment, this strong atheist who is speaking out across the office is wanting me to pray for his dad. So it's like, hey, let's pray with him. What's your dad's name? Bruce or whatever, right? Lord Bruce. And then I was like, my okay, mate, get out of here. We'll cover you. So those ones are the really, really obvious ones. And it's funny, you know, a week passes, whatever settles down in his life. And when everybody's gone because he's got a safe face, he's like, I just really appreciate the fact that you prayed for my dad. And I don't know if it had anything to do with his recovery, but I just appreciated the fact that you did. I'm like, that's all we needed, right? You know, he's already got a seed in his mind that possibly – my prayer played a part in his dad's recovery. And that's, you know, whether that leads to anything else, I don't know. So they're the really obvious ones. But I have, I have other things where, you know, like one of my team members might tell one of their friends to come and work here, right, which I love because it means that they really like it, you know, and it saves me having to go through the hassle of, of, of finding people in the open market. But, you know, like I hear them saying, oh, he just really cares about us. He's really for us, right? And and that's the feedback loop I need because, you know, like I just want to display a little bit of Christ and I'll never be as good as Christ, but I wouldn't mind displaying a bit of Christ. And so when you hear that sort of thing, you go, oh, well, it's actually happening. And, and it's all by design, by the way. Like you can't fake this. If you get to the point where you really love people, then this becomes quite an easy path. If it's a, a strategy or a tactic, you can't keep that up and people will see through it. They're too smart today. But, you know, like when I have my one-on-one meetings with the team, we don't even do performance reviews. We are here to celebrate what you've done over the last six months. And the reason being, if there was a problem with your work, I'm not waiting for a performance review, right, to fix it. If there's a problem with your work, we're going to chat about it now and do something about it, work together to get you better. When we get together for the six months, you know, we we might have some robust discussions, but, but we're there to to celebrate the good work that you've done, right? So so in those meetings, well, I asked two questions in that meeting. What can I do to help you in your role? And what can I do to help you as a human? And then I get like all these kind of crazy things like, oh, you know, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to learn more about investing. I'm like, great, I've got like 7,000 books on the topic. What would you like to know? I'll bring them in. And I go to them on the next week, hey, here's some books, you, you can read those. And they're like, oh, well, he, he legitimately cares, right? So some of the things are, are wildly, you know, overt. And, and there have been times, like, we'll go off to seminar season and we'll gather around 
and the Christian people will pray for the for the fact that we're going to go on the road for a few weeks, and the rest of the team will join us, even though they may not really, you know, be a committed believer, but they'll stand with us, if you like. Those things are kind of in your face and other things not so much. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I just love it. I I almost want to be an employee out there with you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take you. If you've got some skills, we'll take you. (laughs) This is a fascinating discussion and lots of things to think about. So uh, talking about business and sharing Jesus, I'm going to drop into the show notes, uh, the websites that you can connect with Wes on with businessgreenhouse.com.au and kingdombusiness.global. And also the podcast, the Kingdom Business podcast, absolutely amazing, thoroughly worth following, checking it out and getting some further skills there. So Wes, thank you so much for giving your time and joining us today. It's absolutely been invaluable. Thank you. It's been great to be with you. Thanks so much for listening to the Win Win Evangelism podcast today. If this was helpful for you, please share it with others so they can learn also. If you, your small group or your church would like to upskill more in personal evangelism, learn how it can be easy, natural and not forced, why don't you check out our online free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. I trust that our podcast and our online personal evangelism course can be a blessing to you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.